First things first, yeah. how are your eyes? Because they look a little bit jaded. Um, that's, that's a really good topic of subject, isn't it, on um, a podcast? Where your can't eyes. Can't see me? <laughs> Which is never a bad thing. Um, it's like anything, isn't it? So they, I've worn contact lenses since I was like 12, 13 years old. Um, never had an issue with contact lenses, and now they've discontinued my contact lenses, and I've now got issues with contact lenses. The fact my eyes do not like any of the the ones that the opticians have suggested, and at the moment I want to rip my eyes out. <laughs> first world problems, isn't it? They are the first world problems, Bernie, you're right. Oh. Welcome everybody, welcome to episode 9 of the Two Ball Golf Show. They said it would never last. Moving on very <laughs> swiftly. How, How are you doing, doing anyway? Well? You had a good weekend? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, I played golf and football, so it was good. I filmed my... I was playing badly uh, on Saturday in perfect conditions. It was um, it was warm for a mid-November Saturday morning. Yeah. Um, I was playing terrible, but when I went to open up my golf bag, because I was wearing my waterproofs, so I was wearing waterproofs in the winds, no matter what the weather... I noticed that my um, mic was in my bag and also my tripod. So I thought, well, I'm just going to film the back nine. Oh, right. Try and put myself under a little bit more pressure. And uh, I played a little better. Yeah, did you? An, yeah. What did you shoot? So you, uh, well, you have to watch the video. It's not out yet. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> I can't tell everybody. Can All right. I? I'll speak to you off camera about that. <laughs> but I filmed the back nine at Cherston. So, um, How are the golf courses holding up in the UK? Because I feel like it's a good time for the Ducks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just, especially in the southwest of the country, it's not stopped raining. The ball is picking up mud now, which Everywhere. a couple of weeks ago it wasn't. So it's so, you need to hit fairways. The, yeah. the, the, back to being very accurate off the tee, you need to be hit fairways so you can clean, lift clean and place your golf ball and give yourself the best possible chance of scoring. Because if you go in the rough, then um, picking up mud and you're getting all sorts of Weird and wonderful trajectories and shapes of shot. Lovely. Do you know how to deal with a mud ball? Are you, I, are you, ex- so, you yeah. tested the water with that one? I've, I'm going to do a video, actually. That's going to be in a video, forthcoming video, about where the mud's lying on the ball and how much it affects flight. But yeah. generally, all I do is I just hit, hit it with less... Normally hit a club with less loft, so I hit it less airborne and then just sort of try and play it forward. Yeah. Um, and not be, not be too disappointed if the ball does get affected by the the mud on the golf ball itself well interestingly yeah 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 i can i can deal with the mud ball and i think it's a good video um but do you like i remember when i used to practice uh, at the practice ground and certainly this time of year and you'd catch one just a smidgen heavy yeah. and you'd get that little bit of mud between club face and ball <laughs> and the mud would squirt up <laughs> towards your eyes and go into your eyes at a rate of knots that really did hurt do you ever remember do you ever yeah. get that because i used to wear glasses i used to splatter the lens of the glasses but when i wore contact lenses bang used to be so painful you would have thought we'd have been used to it because our the practice area at Churston is literally a clay. clay field which unlike the golf course doesn't really drain so once you hit your first lot of golf balls say you've got 50 balls when you pick them up and if you're going to hit more balls when you come back your golf balls inevitably will be covered in dirt, mud, and all sorts of um, yeah stuff. So you think we'd be used to it because you don't clean them between hitting, do you? And then you have to get them home and get them home and wash them. Wash them off. Wash your, always wash your balls. Always wash your balls. Well, talking about hitting golf balls, Adam yeah. Scott. Let's just. I just want to like bring that up because 
I am like seriously confused with what golf equipment Adam Scott is actually using. Yeah. I thought he was at one stage he was certainly a Titleist player. Um, he, he Mura is I, I see these logoed golf clubs being brought out at the moment, which are Mura ones, which are probably very expensive. Um, which have the which have his logo stamped on the back of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, there's the there's the uh, train. Mickey Mouse train coming yeah. in. Um, but yeah, and now I see like last couple of weeks ago he was certainly using some Titleist irons. This week he's using a prototype set of ping irons. <laughs> so like like cavity back irons. So I'm a little bit confused as to what is he actually using. Ping drivers, Titleist oh. drivers. He's obviously searching for something, isn't he? And um, he can't be under, he can't have a club contract with anybody, can he? If he's mixing and matching and switching and changing. But if pure, but, poor old Muir are trying to sell his his brand and his the, yeah, the products off I the mean, back of him, I mean, what what's going on? I mean, there's a lot of companies that have um, stuck their stamp on various bits of equipment which they don't actually produce themselves and sort of... I don't want to say con the public. Is that the right thing? Yeah, maybe a bit of con well, the public yeah. with what they're using, and they've not actually been using the equipment. I can I can remember Tiger's first set of blades, weren't they? They were meant to be that make, um, and then other people saying he was using Mizuno blades, and the night ball was a Bridgestone ball with a night tick on it, and all sorts of. Um, well, when he first, I weird think when wonderful. He, I certainly remember Tiger using a set of Mizuno Pro blades originally, yeah. and then he obviously went into the Titleist because he was sponsored by Titleist when he yeah. first came out of the blocks. And whether there was a there was a, a, a sort of a changeover period of him going from the Mizunos into the Titleist oh. blades, maybe. And mm. then when he went into Nikes. Yeah, I think Nike was using... It was a different brand that it, they, they stamped over. I mean, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It um, is. Is he still on your screen, front screen? No, no. Has he gone? Uh, yeah. That's, your that's, selfie that's a, with him. That's another little story about me and my experience with him. Oh. He's not my favourite golfer anymore. Let's just oh, say that. Oh no. dear, the love no. affairs all no. ended. No, I've got Louis on there at the moment. Oh, Louis's on yeah. there. Louis yeah. Ustazen. Well, that's a pretty good one, I think. Yeah, yeah. I want to move on to um, Rory McIlroy. Uh, no, 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 hang on. A Rory McIlroy is is probably the subject, but DP World Tour has been sewn up prior to the DP Tour World uh, Final Tour Championships in. Uh, Dubai? Yeah. Is it Dubai or Abu Dhabi? I think it's Dubai. Dubai. All ready, all done. We, yeah. I, I know we've already had, I mean, have a, we've had a good old chat about this subject yeah. in a previous podcast. You just can't let it go, can you? Just can't let it go. But I don't get it. I'm, I'm <laughs> no, seriously so confused. It, it's not ideal, firstly, for him. It's not ideal for him winning it. <laughs> in an ideal world, that's not really, you know, we've, we've approached that subject before. But also sewing up a order of merit before the final event. But I mean, it does happen in sport, doesn't it? People, you can win. If you're talking about football as an example, you can win the Premier League before the season's complete. But I mean, in an ideal world, it would go down to the last event, wouldn't it? So him already sewed up. Is he actually playing in the event? I presume he's going. I would have thought he'd turn up for the for the uh, closing ceremony, wouldn't he? Really? I mean, you'd, he's going to. So, and you'd be he? there. You'd like to think he's playing. It was quite ironic. I've just seen a um, prior to coming on to this podcast. I've just seen him actually say how a proud moment it is, and you know, great achievement him winning the winning the tour. I don't know whether he was being a bit ironic. And, I don't know. No. Like, um, I'm sure he's not. I'm sure because he's, if he was that dedicated to sure the actual DP World Tour, he would give up playing on the PGA Tour and come over here full time, wouldn't he? He doesn't need the money now. 
Does he? No, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I have not got. A, I'm a massive fan of Rory McIlroy, as you know, as yeah. as I would say that all you generally all Europeans are. Yeah. Um, he's our. He's one of our fighting force, isn't he? He is. He's a and massive. He flies. In the Cups. Yeah, flies the flag around the world when he goes and plays and does all great things for the game of golf, which I I think he's been very opinionated when it comes to. Um, the the live side of things and how yeah. golf is moving forward, which I think has maybe turned off a few people to him. But he's still a class act as a golfer, and he's out. He's ours. I, I've, he's part of us, isn't he? You know, yeah, that's I, how I feel. Um, however, that doesn't stop me um, getting a little bit agitated when it comes to what I feel is our tour as well, our DP World Tour, our European Tour. Hmm has been wrapped up before the Tour Championships, and I'm just, I'm fine with it. If, if, yeah. if, I'm, I'm absolutely fine with it. If it was someone like, if it was Rory McIlroy who was, you know, committed half to the PJ Tour, half to the DP World Tour, and then played in, let's, let's, let's turn this around and say that D, he's now played in 12, 10 or 12 yeah. DP World Tour events, no problem. Brilliant. Well done, Rory. You've dominated, you've committed mm. to it, and you've you've won it before the championships. Fantastic. Well hasn't. done, you. But he hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so different, isn't it? Because I mean, when Conor Montgomery had that sort of was it seven or eight order of merits he won in a row? Yeah. He was, a, he was generally a European tour professional who played... I mean, he, the Americans didn't particularly like him, which is maybe a reason he never made the full-time commitment over there. I don't think he ever won in the States. Did he? I don't think he ever did. No, he went to college um, out in the States. Yeah, but I mean, he was generally was a completely, complete DP World Stroke European Tour player. Whereas others have in the past travelled around the world playing both tours, haven't they? You know, you'd like to do Ernie Els. Yeah, so let's, I would say that you take someone like... Greg Norman. uh, Greg Norman. Take someone like Seve and someone like... um, uh, Colin Montgomery. They travelled well, but they didn't. Didn't let's say. Um, I would say that they weren't overly loved in America. Seve had an upset time because they started calling him Steve, which he didn't like. <laughs> and I don't know if they were making. Fu- I don't know what was going no. on with that, but that's that's the story I heard. <laughs> and they and you know every time Colin this Montgomery, every time Colin teed it up, there was somebody in the crowd no shouting children. something. No out. Children. How many? How many people did he ever remove from tournaments in America? I'm surprised anybody watched any tournaments in the mid '90s because he had everyone removed. Didn't yeah, he? absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. So I, um, I think if he, if they had been warmed to more, like if they had been loved, like uh, that, the American market or the American audience um, loved Rory McIlroy or John Ram or people like that, yeah. then maybe that they may have travelled over there and stayed over there as. Yeah. as you know, to enjoy it. I mean, Colin's out there now, isn't he? He's on the Champions Tour. Loves it. Yeah, but he's, you've, you've really got to be out there if you want to play competitive golf because the, the Legends Tour in Europe, in Europe, which is primarily based in this part of the world, is um, the money's not really there, is it? Unless you're in the top three or four in the order of merit, you're yeah. not actually probably even making a living from it. No. It's more of a bit of a, a jolly boys outing and meet up with your mates rather than... The Champions Tour, which is what the prize money is um, phenomenal and it's very competitive. So when we bring it back down to the Tour Championships then, which is over in Dubai, yeah, I, I kind of had a th- thought about this. But the first reaction was, well, what's the point in the event even going on? Okay, 
So that was point. Yeah. That was point number one. So what's the point of it going on? Because that's what the objective of that event is. It's the final event. It's yeah. worth more points than at any other event. I think. Um, what's the point? But actually, you there's still a got massive people point. playing for cards. Yeah, and, and, a massive, and money massive and, point. You know, and and there's other like world ranking points and all sorts of stuff going on. On an ideal world, you'd have had four or five people who, by winning the event, could still top the race to Dubai, wouldn't you? But um, yeah. unfortunately, that's not the case. But but we've got top ten. So you got yeah. to think if you're if you finish in the top ten of the order of merit. Yeah. Which. I think it does actually move down. So if you've already got a PGA Tour card, yeah. then it goes down to 11th. So if Rory's already there, yeah, I mean, it goes down to 11th. If it goes, So there's 10 cards up for grabs for the PGA Tour. Brilliant. So get, them, get all the best players onto the PGA Tour. Go let's get it. rid of them. Yeah, let's right. get rid of them. Let's get rid of all our top 10 players. Yeah, yeah that. that's, they're gone now. Yeah. So that's Moronk let's, gone. Let's, that's my mate gone. Let's weaken the tour even more. Yeah, keep going. Uh, Ryan Fox is gone. Yeah. So that's... Like, anyway, so that... There's that to play for. Yeah. And there's also, I think, at the bottom of the rankings as well, top 120. So there's that to play for as well, yeah, isn't there? There's quite a lot going There's a lot going riding on, yeah. on it, to be fair. Yeah. I, I know the, with the American, um, their FedEx Cup, that generally goes down to the last event because you keep eliminating people, don't you? For, yeah. For five, six weeks in a row, I think, if I'm correct with that. So um, maybe it needs a bit of rejigging. But have you seen as well the... Um, the Asian tour now, some of their events, because they have lived backed. Yeah. And now the prize money for next year is, like, incredible. Oh, really? Yeah. You're talking, like, a couple of the events, like, three million, three million euro per... Or is it three million dollar per... So dollars, I think. Dollars, maybe, yeah. But, which is, um, you know, better than a DP World Tour event. Cool, you get Gilly. Gilly be back on well, that. I mean, be out of tour school again, wouldn't he? That seems to be the alternative now to playing, like, Corn Ferry and, you know... Maybe challenge even challenge tour. You go and play on the Asian tour if you can get your card over there. Then that's um, that's really sort of so what, being elevated. What does that mean then, Bernie? What mean for what players or no for the, the? I always think of like like the the structure of tours. Like there's like a pecking order of tours yeah. now, isn't there? So like, well, it's definitely what a does that mean? DP World Tour, isn't it? Or if not, even not much slightly, maybe even prize money wise, probably maybe ahead of it. So certain elevated events, not every event, obviously. So, but then if you take a player who is, let's take, let's take Max Homer. Yeah. Max Homer's just won the Ned Bank down in South Africa. Fantastic win. Yeah. He, could he go and play in an international event by the Asian tour? Or, or is that, I suppose, because he could come and play in the European or the DP World Tour. He could, he can go and play on any tour. Really, they can play on any other tour other than live. Is that right? Well, he can, I mean, he'd be able to, um, someone of his name value and what, you know, if he probably, if he contacted the organisers and the tour and was like, I want to play so, this event, I'm pretty sure he'd get an invite because there's so many invites anyway. But I would think that he would now have playing rights on that tour. Yeah. By winning, because there'd be co there'd be, there'd be some co-sanctioned events as well, wouldn't there? World ranking, order, world, world ranking, ranking yeah, points get gets you that. into that. Yeah. But, so is it, so... Do you, what are you saying then? Do you think that then there's going to be some players, if you've got a purse of, that's bigger than other purses, because ultimately money attracts the players well, to does, play. Yeah. I mean, if you had, if you, let's, let's say for example, they probably wouldn't do this because the tours do try and run alongside each other. They don't try and compete too much. So yeah. that's only recently there's been a bit of an issue. But I guess if you'd come over, let's say, you're going to play in the Open Championship yeah. and the Scottish Open's on, 
but then they decide they're going to Asian tour decide well, hang on a minute we're going to compete with the Scottish Open and we're going to blow them out of the water yeah. and we're going to double their prize money well the player's going to come over and go hang on a minute if I can get in that Asian tour event it's not that far to travel potentially yeah. I'm going to go and play over there the week before rather than play the Scottish because they do chase money don't they it does. yeah of course they do I mean, it doesn't, it's, I mean, job, it's, it's the it? life isn't it nobody yeah. you always hear in any sport oh we've got enough money why does he need any more money but it's like if somebody comes in and offers you're working for a job for 20 grand a year and then someone comes off you 25 grand with better pension scheme you're not you're going to think about it aren't you you know you're not going to go oh actually i i do like my job and like it's exactly the same job the millionaires want to be billionaires of course you do everyone does everyone's greedy aren't they not you you're not greedy well i'm not i'm not motivated by money which is a good thing at times but um generally people are aren't they and if you're I guess if you're a sportsman like that, you're going to have that mentality a lot of the time that you are motivated by money and that's the main motivation they went live, wasn't it? Let's be honest. It wasn't to have a less of a playing schedule because they're still playing as many events, if not more events. So You were telling me about a player as well. Uh, you're talking about live. Yeah. But you, you were turn, telling me about um, Andy Ogletree? Yeah. Is it Andy Ogletree? Yeah, so he was... What's um, the story there you were... So yeah, just you might have to correct me at times because I've only done a little bit of research on this. But he played in the first ever um, live event, like the sort of the inaugural event. Um, and he was a, a guy who had like quite a bright future. He was um, a he decent, was really good amateur player. Right. Was he? Yeah, um, had a, hadn't been a pro very long. Decided to play in the live event. Yeah, played in the event, but had a bit of a stinker I think he shot 82 I'll try and get this right 82 77 75 and finished way down the, the list. list nearly nearly last in the individual yeah um, which meant that Liv probably weren't that interested in him playing regularly so he was almost I don't want to say booted off the tour because it was only a one one shot he was off the tour but then the PGA Tour obviously banned Liv players right. so he was in a little bit of limbo and he's gone over, so he's made the the, uh, the route of going to play Asian Tour because they were sort of welcoming him back in. Yeah. Didn't particularly do well last year on the on the tour. Struggled, maybe struggled to adapt to being in a different part of the world. You know, cultures, food, etc. But this year he's come out and um, he's had a really good season, which I think has resulted in a victory. And he's now on the verge of actually getting back in on the Live Tour. Right. So he's getting his invite back. So he's getting his invite back. He's, yeah, his world rankings has improved massively, and the reports are that he's going to be playing, potentially playing live next year. Okay. Something I want to bring up, which is actually really, um, it's actually it's cool, so great. I, I thought the PGA Tour event this this week in Bermuda was just fantastic in many yeah. ways. Number one, you had um, Alex Noren and Vijegas. Camilo, yeah. Camilo Vajegas coming down the stretch. Yeah. Um, two players who I've enjoyed watching over the years. Um, Vajegas. A couple of characters. A couple of characters, Billy, yeah. you're right. Uh, Vajegas, kind of Spider Man, I used to call him. Well, that was in reference to how he how would he read putts. Read putts. Yeah. His leg would go up and he'd get right, crouched right if down. If you tried to attempt anything like that, you'd never something, get up, would Something you? would pop. I, I would could think. imagine an ambulance coming to collect you yeah. and taking out, you off. Out in a Ferrari, back in an ambulance, <laughs> as they say. But he has not won. He's had some massive jumps in in his career, like his career, as in like when he's won and when he hasn't done well. And nine years, real 
player of form, isn't he? Yeah. Have a good period, but doesn't doesn't seem to be sustained, does it? It's a it's well, a short it's a short burst of good form, and then disappears off the planet, doesn't it? As such. I mean, you you take someone like him who who and this players is this do is that, how though, don't they? Yeah, is, they do. But, players like that. But I do what I do like about it is, or, or what proves the point again is that. These players that play on Challenge Tour or play on the Corn Ferry Tour, they can all win D- DP World Tour events or PGA so, yeah. Tour events. This is a prime example of somebody who's had a struggling time on the Corn Ferry Tour this year, yeah. who's now got at a little bit of bit of you know bit of hope, mm. and he's actually won a, a PGA Tour event for the first time in nine years. I just think it's well, phenomenal. We know the depth of golf and or the, the standard of golf in the professional game is. Yeah. I mean, it, it's spread wide and far, isn't it? You've only got to look at the, the, the lads that we play golf with who, if they were born 20 years earlier, would have been, what was then, European tour players, or they would have had regular tour cards because yeah. they're that good. But yeah. because the standard has improved massively, anybody can anybody can win. And like you said, someone can come from what you'd consider the, almost the bottom of the second division of tour golf to win on the main... Stage. Arguably, the one of the biggest stages in yeah in golf. It's brilliant. It's br- stories like that are just brilliant, aren't they? Yeah, he's um, had a, he's had an extremely tough time um, with the loss of his daughter, and and he spoke yeah. about it in his in, in his interpo- you know his after round interview, and yeah, oh, it was just um, yeah, he was the one. I think he was the person holding it together the, the, the most. I think anybody mm. watched that would have would have would have um, struggled a little bit. I certainly did. It was tough to tough to to listen to him but my my goodness he's um you know i think everybody was willing him on to win that event yeah. and i think um it was so good so good to see it and one one good week like that confidence is high you never know you could he could now become you know he could win multiple tournaments next year couldn't yeah. he and, and challenging big events looking like almost drifting off from professional golf and then all of a sudden you're back on the on the main stage and um that confidence is such a big thing in golf, isn't it? And another thing um, that happened from this one event, which I just thought was fantastic, and I watched it really closely. And we've talked about this about you know should Lexi Thompson have played in the PGA Tour event? Yeah. And we talked about the fact that Lexi's going to bring in more for sponsors than than or more eyes to the to the to that um, particular event than let's say my brother or James Ruth might. You know, yeah. we've talked about that, but. A fellow YouTuber yep. um, made his debut onto the PGA Tour this week. His brother, Wesley Bryan, is already on the PGA Tour, but George Bryan has, not only did he get a sponsor's invite to play on, play on in the event, yep. he actually made the cut on the, on the bubble. Yep. Um, he shot five under to make the cut and then got it to about, I think he got to about eight under. Did he beat his brother? I uh, know, and then yeah. in the final round, I think he finished like I think he shot seventy two, which I would think was either level or one over, and his brother pressed on and finished at twelve under. He finished at six under. Yeah. So um, he's finished six shots behind his brother, but his brother needed a good week, and I think him playing well inspired his brother to kick on. Yeah. You listen to that in their interview, and then obviously him playing in the event, you know, first ever event, and to make the cut, and to finish up like most guys do. Not, buckle a little bit, don't they, under that situation? Not know much about them. Obviously, I know the name and stuff. Not watched any of their content or anything like that. But how old are they? What sort of? Um... Uh, I would say that they're early, 
early to maybe mid thirties. Right. Okay. I think they're certainly young, a little bit younger than us. Yeah. Um, but Clark, they, they, George, yeah. I would say George is. If you looked at them swinging the golf club, I'd say that George is um, the best. He's the slightly older sure. brother. Yeah. His brother Wesley's on on tour, um, coming probably losing his tour card. Go back to tour school, I think. George is going to tour school as well, which I think is next week. But you would look at them and think George is possibly the better player. Yeah. Only from a swing point of view, just looks so you know hits the ball great. Um, swing looks beautiful. And, and then and the, but but Brian uh, Wesley's done was done most of the damage to be fair. I know we're going away from the the subjects here, and um, you've got a really good plan, and I go off on random little tangents, which then ruins your plans and no, well, it, stresses it, you out a little bit, to it, say the least. It just it? it just diverts me. That's okay, all. so I'm going to divert you a little bit here. So being completely um, out of touch with everything, and I I sort of half know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway because people might not know if. What's the criteria for going to tour school? Obviously, I know you need to be a professional golfer or a scratch golfer, didn't you? You used to have to. Can anyone just rock up and, and, and enter as long as you pay your money? What's yeah. the, so, 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 for example, if I got to scratch, I could rock over to America and go and try and qualify? Yeah. There is no, there's no restrictions? There's, no there's entries to first stage. Yeah. You've got to get through first stage. Yeah, and then once you get through first stage, you carry on and carry on. It's 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 as simple as that. As long as you've got the money, you can you can have it. You can yeah. attempt it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Certainly. So if you take the the open championships, yeah, Which you I, had I, to I be. I know about the open championships. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure if the entry criteria is the same as the open championship, where you must you must have a scratch handicap as yeah. an amateur. I don't know if that's the criteria, but as a pro, if you were to turn pro, you could yeah. enter whatever. Yeah, but yeah. you remember, you can just just also remember, you can turn pro at any stage. Like yeah. you can say, right, I'm turning, I'm off 28, I'm turning pro. Like you don't need, like you need to be off four to turn off six now, isn't it? I think to turn pro and do your PGA. PGA yeah, yeah, got it. But if you want to just go and enter the, what used to be the Euro Pro or Clutch or anything like that, yeah. you can go, well, yeah, pro now. I'm going to enter this. You, at the end so, of the day, money, yeah, pay your money, money off you go. So you could so Euro Pro, you could basically turn up, play in the qualifier, and if you've got your card you then could turn pro and if you didn't yeah. you could remain as an amateur I mean it, it it's less blurred the lines now between amateur and professional golf and you can switch back and forth a lot certainly a lot easier than in my day when it took me two and a half years to get my amateur status back yeah and I was in a bit of limbo but now you can sort of switch from one day to the next can't you well you can and you can't it's it's one of those that if you are someone like yourself who've picked up a lot of money playing <laughs> golf in 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 tournament level, oh, yeah, then yeah. then that's going to take you a good couple of years to get your amateur status back because they don't want you just turning no, up, turning up shooting five six under par as you would do, and just clearing up cleaning up back in the county team you know playing for England doing all that sort of yeah, stuff that you would have probably have done yeah um, but what I like about you is you eased back on it you didn't come out the blocks firing all cylinders no, early I still feel like I'm easing back in slowly over these last twelve years it's good <laughs> it's good but so. For prime example, uh, Lee Whitaker, prime example, right? So he turned pro, yeah. didn't didn't finish his PGA. Uh, I'm not sure if he won any money as a pro, so I don't don't think he no. let's say he picked up any money. So therefore, when he wanted to go back as an amateur, it would go straight back as amateur, pretty much. Yeah, you just yeah. need to fill in the forms and go from there because you've not I you've not hit a certain, I would say, a level. Yeah, I think it was when I did it. It was an, it was a combination of how long you'd been. Well, a pro for and 
because I'd done like seven or eight. It must be seven or eight years. In those days, Bernie, um, it was it was there was that massive divide there. There was a massive divide. Yeah. It was it was almost frowned upon to go, to back. go back. Once you've gone, once you've <laughs> like once they've let you go on your, your raft and off you go into back. the pro pro world. Like remember what I was it was like. like. Live players, didn't I? Yeah, but, kicked off the tour and then in limbo. But remember <laughs> that this is no different than you know. Remember that. Um, and I've got, I could go off on a tangent on this one, yeah. but, you know, when I went to America for college, it was not looked upon as, I was, I was almost like, why are you doing that? Blackballed yeah. to a point to yeah, say, yeah. like, why are you not staying here and supporting your county team and, and all of that sort of stuff? So I think it was very much frowned upon, even like, I mean, that was only, what, 2000 or 2001? So, yeah. you know, and then for people to turn pro, it was like you were doing, it's like you were like, like, hang on a minute. Like you, you'd done something wrong to go and turn pro. You've let your, yeah. county ta- your county team down and stuff like that. The county's objective and the national objective is to progress you as an individual to, to have a career in golf if that's what you desire. If you want to yeah. be a, a professional golfer, the county should do everything they possibly can and clubs to help you on that pathway to getting there. They don't. No, they don't. No. Well, I don't know if they do anymore, but well, they didn't. They, they didn't. didn't did they, they didn't back then. And, and when yeah. you decided to go back as an amateur, they they made that it was, as, that they, they would have made it as awkward oh, as possible did, yeah. for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm quite happy to use the example from from Cherston. I don't. I'm the people that are in, were involved at the time, whether that's committee, management, etc., aren't anything to do with the golf club. So I'm quite happy to. Um, yeah. talk about that and even if they were I'd still, I'd still call them out on it because it actually happened but yeah. I came so when I came back as an amateur tried to get my home status back two and a half years so I contacted the local clubs to say would it be possible that because you could get a a handicap not an official one but you could get like a handicap like it's almost like a society handicap to play in club competitions you couldn't represent the club you couldn't play in county or southwest or England event, yeah. but you could play amongst members. So I approached all the golf clubs. Every one of them said, yeah, that's fine. It would be, be good to have you back and um, et cetera. So when I, I came back to Chester, it was the closest one to me. I wanted to play golf with my dad. They gave, they, firstly, they said, what handicap do you want? Which was always quite funny. And they were going to give me like four handicap. Um, they were going to give me four handicap. And I was like, hang on a minute, I turned pro off low one. Like, I think you should probably put me off zero, zero, because it was the old point one, point, point one up, point one down. So they put me zero, zero. I played for about four or five months of not very good golf. Went up to like, I think I went up to one, high one, or maybe even to two. So I was paying my entry fee. Wasn't playing any big events. Wasn't playing club champs or anything like that. Just regular Wednesday medals, I suddenly, after six months, shot like, wasn't even that great, say 67, 68, won the mid-month medal, so won like 20 quid. And the the, out, the, like the outcry from that, yep, raw. bearing in mind I'd put in five quid every week for, so I was, I was down on money-wise, and I wasn't even bothered about the money, it was just nice to be back playing. Oh, well, like you said, you're you not driven by money. You can't play because you're a professional golfer. Like I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, I had to explain it about a hundred times. Yeah. And then the club was like, oh, you can't play in the competitions because there's been too much. And I was like, hang on, just give me my money back. I'm gone. I'm done. Did they stopped you from playing? Well, they were like, you can't play in the, 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 the guy that was in charge of the competition section. He was like, I don't want you playing in competitions. It's not fair. I was like, well, what have I got, like special clubs or something? Or... Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, it was ridiculous. So I was just like, give me my... Too good. You were too good. Apparently, too good. You were too yeah. good for the club. But yeah, they wouldn't let me play time. anything. So I was like, can you give me my... I went upstairs. I was like, I want my subs back. Give yeah. me my subs. I'm going elsewhere. And in the end, they came to the right decision and allowed me to play in the competition. Put you in the teams? Well, it, like, it took two and a half years, didn't it? But Yeah. But yeah, it's just funny how they don't encourage. They were like you said. That's just a prime example. But there, but there, there was a lot of confusion back then because that you were not. That wasn't the norm. Like for someone to go back as amateur was not like that. No, wasn't it wasn't. The norm it, I can't that. think of probably a half a dozen people over that four or five years that did that the same. Did the whereas same. now it's quite common that they switch between the two, don't they? And, yeah. Um, Interestingly, I went to. Uh, I've been looking at my golf bag recently. Yeah. In Aminganari, had a nice little video that went out about my driver and my 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 ups and downs of confidence with drivers yeah, and I things saw like it was that. A good video, and you had a good video the day. You knew what's in the bag of all your new irons. How yeah. are they going? Yeah, good. Yeah, enjoying them. I can't believe at, at what are we now 2023, and you've now moved into graphite shafted <laughs> irons. I mean, <clears throat> I thought let's at least get you into your 50s before we moved into that but you've they, they, you've seen the light haven't you well they i was um i was encouraged to put them in my in my uh in my irons um they play and feel very much like steel and that's the that's the design of those particular particular shafts what are the shafts you've put in them kbs so the kbs ones which um yeah that's so they're designed to play and feel like steel how, how, how does it that does, even like? Let me let me. Right. How does that even work? How does something play and feel like steel? Like I what, don't know. What does that but mean? I can tell they're not steel. So I mean, I. What what I can, in what respect? What because you looked out and they're black? Because they're no. Because I've had I had painted shafts before, which people always thought I was using graphite. Yeah. In the Cobras, I'd were painted steel. Um, I guess it's more. The the mainish difference is they're very light. So I was using one twenties. These are eighty. Oof, so there's that, a big there's yeah. a big difference. So that, that is there a swing weight change? Have you changed? Have you had a little? So have the you head, looked at the swing well, weight. No, I have not looked at the swing weight. So I, I've ne- I'll be honest with you. I never ever bothered with swing weight. I've just no. actually got a golf club and used it in that way. And I just I've had people of twenty eight handicap ask me to swing weight all their clubs, and I'm like, really? Like I think I'd do something before you start worrying about that. Um, so I don't really know. They do they obviously feel lighter. Um, and yeah, just the dis, yeah, they're just different. It don't feel like steel to me, but so far the results are pretty good with them. Yeah, I'm. Are you hitting the ball higher, lower? Oh, what the, are you ball, doing the ball's going going higher and further. Higher and further, which is what I wanted. Okay, so I was so... hitting quite a low penetrating flight, which um, which has its disadvantages, particularly in the summer. So the yeah. ball's going high and I'm not losing. I'm gaining distance from that, which is good. So it's a different flight. It takes a bit of getting used to. Do you know why you're gaining distance? Uh, I mean the, the combination, I suppose. Of yeah, the, I things. mean there's there's going to be a few. Obviously, the I would suggest lighter shafts. I'm probably swinging them slightly quicker. Yeah, that's definitely one. Um, it certainly helps because I generally play early in the mornings. Um, early comps, Which I always warm up. I I swing, but you're not at your most supple early on in the mornings. Even if you hit a few shots, you generally as you get older, you warm up during the day, don't you? You start to feel looser, more flexible. I just think that helps a little bit with distance. Okay. I've got two theories on it yeah. that I think are possibly what's happening in order for you to hit the ball a little bit further. Number one, your clubhead speed's picking up slightly. Yeah. If you're launching them higher, I would say that you're delivering, your attack angle might be just changing slightly. So therefore, the, 
maybe the club is either kicking a little bit. The traditional or, lofts, the, the seven. Yeah, but what I mean is, there, so for it to go, for it to go further, you'll maybe as you deliver your spin loft is decreasing slightly. Therefore, your spin numbers are dropping down a fraction, and therefore it's just pinging out there a bit easier. To to, to be fair, <clears throat> when I was fitted, I was the um, the spin levels were higher than my nights. Were they? Yeah, yeah. Which we so we were getting a higher launch, more distance. And slightly more spin. My Nikes were less spinny. Interesting. Which must is be, good. Must be swing speed then. Got, that's, that's all I can really... I mean, it's off. a big jump, isn't it? From 80 to... Or 85 to 120 grams. That's yeah. a lot. Of, that's a lot. I, for me, I think swing weight's really important. And the more I've learnt about it, and I've learnt a lot more from Joe the Pro and chatting with him and talking about my bag, I had put out a video the other day about my driver and how I've had some ups and downs. And it's for me, it's all about confidence. Yeah. Feel feel is important, but confidence is is massive for me. And since I've changed my wedges from I've gone from a 50, 54, 58, I've now moved to a 60, 56 because I really wanted to put a 56 back in the bag. Yeah. Um, and then I put a 52 in. I've never got on well with 52s. I don't no. know why. Again, it's just a mental thing. I think mm. half the time. So and um, so what I've done is I've taken my 52 out of the bag. I've put in more of a specialist Vokey 46, taken the pitching wedge, which is a 46, out of the bag from my T100. Well, that'll go less distance, won't it? The special, it it's, I, it's the drop-off is about three they, or four yards. They say they don't, but I, from my own testing and my own personal experience, the yeah. specialist wedges in a wedge goes less than your conventional wedge, even if it's got the same loft on it. Yeah, I just don't feel like you get... I think I think the spin numbers change around a little bit yeah. with them. But, um, so what that's, that's done... a massive gap. It's a massive gap, but I feel like I can manipulate. I'm so dodgy with my wedges at the moment anyway mm. that I feel like I'm just, just like, I'm, I'm closing my eyes and stabbing in the dark anyway. Well, so you, that's how we were brought up in golf, wasn't it? We didn't we didn't necessarily with distance, did we? It was more feel, wasn't it? You get yeah. there and go, oh, I'm just going to hit this this hard. But if you think about Tiger Woods in his, his prime, mm. Tiger Woods was 60, 56, which might have been 55, but it was 56 yeah. printed on the bottom and then straight into a wedge. Yeah. Like that was that was it. You'd learn how to manipulate your wedge, which is what I did. I've, all right, didn't it? You did all right with that, yeah. <laughs> but what it's done is it's allowed me to pop in a, which I went up and saw Joe the Pro, and I'm going to yeah. put it in my Sunday show for this week coming up. But uh, I went up and um, we put a three iron in the bag. Okay. I haven't had a three iron since I was 18. Yeah. Was that 96 again? <laughs> big year. But yeah, so we've gone for, and interesting you say that, I've actually yeah. put in a KBS. Graphite shafted prototype, whatever he's put in there, 105. This 105. one there, yeah. X. I haven't hit it yet. Okay. We're going to see how that performs. But ultimately, I was trying to get the gap between my four iron and my five wood. Yeah. Sandwich in between there because that gap is big. It's bi- that well, gap's bigger than the wedge. The wedge to to sandwich gap. I've done the same at the moment. I've got a rescue club in my first rescue that's ever been in my bag, which is giving me filling the gap between my traditional four iron and. My five would. Good. So I always felt that there was too much of a gap between the, between the two. Couple of tinkerers, aren't we? Yeah. Couple of tinklers. Been called worse, Dan, haven't we? Been, Been called, called worse. worse. Anything coming up on your channel this week that everybody needs to know about? Don't Benny? Doing a, um, a club review, so that'll be that's out. I that's think the now new by the time this comes out. Yeah. yeah. So I've done a club review on them. Had a go with them. Put them through their paces. Like and them. Get them. Yeah. Yeah. I get the whole concept, and more people should be using them. The the, the 
the issue they've got is it's one it's such a small market of people that would use a full set of hybrids i feel yeah and also half those people will never ever switch to a full set of hybrids because of the stigma of the whole thing of using hybrids and not being able to hit their irons ego oh, a bit like you going into your graphite shaft yeah i mean that's that's my issue with that and then i've got a, another what's in the bag but not a not a what's in the bag with your golf club what's in the editing bag so, oh, what's in your camera bag? So yeah, just showing people and, and, show, and letting yeah, people know how you can become a YouTuber or how you can become a content creator with very little equipment and very little investment money-wise. Be uh, interesting to see how the views are with that one. It, I'm trying to... So I'm shifting a little bit away from course vlogs. Um, although I will still be doing course vlogs, but I'm going to pop in some... So more stuff. content, which is going to hopefully be more searchable, which hope will grow the channel that way. Yeah, and I feel I get like that. I need to shift now because I'm not growing as fast as I was, and it's understandable. In the previous three or four months, I've dropped off a little bit, plateaued a little bit. So to push it on, I'm going to have the course vlog still coming in, but just spread them out a little bit rather than one every five days. It'd be one like every week, eight days, and then pop another video in in between. That I know won't appeal to everybody, but may attract a few different people onto the channel who then hopefully will stick around for the journey. Very wise. Yourself, no, very much, wise. Much so this week coming up, uh, we've got the Pula Break Pass series. Myself, yep. Rory Anderson. In the wind? Rory in the wind, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. we're all in the wind. It was horrendously windy. Yeah. Uh, and Alex Etcher's coming on board to oh, play yeah. as a Break Pass series. Obviously, Rory plays off an eight handicap, so we've yeah. obviously got to take that into consideration. But yeah, so that yeah. will have kicked off on the Monday, Wednesday and Friday, followed by a Sunday morning show, which I mentioned earlier with Joe the Pro a little bit. Yeah. And... Then on Sunday, when uh, my Sunday morning show goes out, I will be heading over to Portugal. Oh, lovely. For a pro-am to Villamora, yeah. which I am going away with um, three subscribers Brilliant. from my channel, which I'm really looking forward to. It's a great, Anyone we know? great trip. Kev, Kev Riano oh, Moore. Kev's going Kev oh, Riano great, yeah. will not miss a trip, will he? No, no. He'll, he'll be there. No. Um, Dale's coming. Yeah. And another another chap called Andy who is joining me. He's from Saunton Golf Club. Oh, okay, cool. That's so good. yeah, nice to be good crowd. Yeah, good yeah. good crowd. Paul's playing. Yeah, James Ruth is playing. So there's a few other people that we know, obviously going yeah, on it funny. as well. So Villamora is a lot of fun. Yeah, good trip. Um, and obviously it should be a good pro. Well, I think that's it for this week. Yeah. Anything else you got to report for uh, the two ball golf show, Bernie? No, I think we've reported enough. We've done a lot of reporting. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for watching, everybody. Don't forget, if you are new to this podcast or the channel, then hit that subscribe button or give us a follow. And we'll see everyone on the uh, on the next two of episode ten. Look Double figures. Double figures. See you then.